From the brains behind Teal the Show, this is Teal the Podcast, your source for Jaguars news and analysis with NFL insider Mark Brunel and your host, Cole Pepper. We welcome you into Teal the Podcast. Cole Pepper, Mark Brunel, and we are heading back from the stadium as we speak, as we record this and go live on Facebook after the Jaguars lose to the Washington Redskins. Mark, there's an old saying about the only way to become great is to do something over and over and over again, and the Jaguars are becoming great at losing games this year. Really are. This is a game, Cole, that you're not supposed to lose. Not because it's the Redskins, and not because they've had a couple uh, quarterbacks get hurt and they're injured, but because you lost to a Josh Johnson who is not supposed to beat you. He isn't supposed to be in the league. Mark. He hasn't been in the league. He hasn't started <laughs> since 2011. He was Is that the, correct? He was. That's true. And he was the number one pick of the Alliance of American Football, the the new league that Spurrier's coaching a team in, and so forth. This guy's not even supposed to be in the National Football League, and you just lost a game to him. You know what? I, I talked to their quarterback coach, who was a teammate of mine uh, after the game, uh, Kevin O'Connell, and uh, I mean, he said that that. Uh, that Josh made some some really good calls at the line of scrimmage, got out of some plays that would have been bad. He's been there for a cup of coffee, and he knows the line calls. He's he's made some plays. But listen, it wasn't pretty. He had some runs, uh, some throws that went their way, but he won the football game. I mean, he, he put up uh, you know 16 points, obviously enough to win. Uh, so maybe that's not the story. Maybe it's the other side of the ball for us. But but uh, yeah, you can't lose to it to a Josh Johnson. But we did. We found multiple ways to win, to lose football games here in the uh, end of the season. Mark, for the second time in three games since they made the change at quarterback and offensive coordinator, the Jaguars failed to score a touchdown on offense. Yeah. The only touchdown came by way of the D.D. Westbrook punt return for a score. Um, you can blame the play calling, and I will a bit. Mm-hmm. You can blame the quarterback play, and I will a bit. The offensive line... The number one takeaway for me is the offensive line is in such shambles that it doesn't matter who's calling the plays, who's throwing the passes, anything else. You cannot win to the National Football League or any level of football if you don't have at least average quarter uh, uh, offensive line play. The Jaguars yeah. today started one guy who was a starter on opening day on the offensive line. That's AJ Cam. You know what's tough is you know for for the. Jaguars to have a chance, you have to establish the run game. They take away the run game, well, you're in a position where you got to throw. How many sacks today? Six? Six. Six sacks. Um, I mean, the only positive out of the offense was the fact that Cody Kessler got out of a lot of jams, scrambled, made some key first downs and some runs. Um, leading rusher for the day, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yep. Fourth, fourth highest rushing total for a Jaguars quarterback ever. And it, it's just bad in so many different ways. Uh, when he did have time, he didn't complete the passes. Uh, didn't have much time at all throughout the entire game. Too many sacks, no rhythm, um, no momentum. A few nice plays, particularly at the end, but that was it. And, and what's scary is going forward, don't expect it to change. Not for the last it's two not weeks changing. of the season. Cody Kessler's in the game. It's not like the, the, the line's coming back. I don't think anybody's coming back. Uh, it's they not got Josh change. Wells back today, which so... Th- the, the 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 big boost was getting a backup in there, so you right. can have a second stringer instead of the third or fourth stringer playing, uh, you know, at right tackle. And it's you know what it's easy to rip Cody Kessler and the play caller and the offense. Listen, this team has has been decimated uh, by injuries, but on top of that, uh, they're done. Cool. Yeah. They're, they're, this team is done. The heart is gone. 
the the passion, the the playing hard, all that. It you know this season is over. They're going to end up four and twelve. Yeah, I think they are. And uh, after the game in the locker room, um, you get guys. You know, nobody wants to call out anybody at this point because they know it doesn't do any good. They know the. You know, it's like if you're on vacation with another couple, and they're just ridiculous and they're obnoxious mm-hmm. and everything else. But you've got to get through like breakfast and lunch before you take them, take them to the airport for a flight. That's that's what this is like for the Jaguars right now. They're just looking for, um, you know, the end of this thing. And so no, nobody's going to stir it up, and nobody's going. Cody Kessler, and I know what do you expect him to say, but Cody Kessler today was asked about playing under pressure, you know, with uh, constantly in the game, and he said, you know, I will go to war with those guys talking about the offensive line. Uh, they're, they're playing hard. They're playing great. Well, okay, Cody, I appreciate you're going to stand up for your guys. And as you know, Mark, no offensive lineman in their right mind is going to trash talk their, their offensive line in no. the media. No, not but, at all. But, like, let's not insult the intelligence of reporters and fans by saying those guys played great. Yeah, now you can say they competed. Yes. You can say they played hard, which is the right thing for a quarterback to say. Yeah. Um, but listen, Cody Cody going into games, uh, he knows what he's getting into. He knows he's going to get hit. He yep. knows he's not going to have time. He's going to have to do something with his legs. Um, but getting back to the run game, to have any chance, I mean, uh, Leonard's got to be solid. Or whoever's in there at running back, you've got to move the ball down the field if you can in the run game because the passing game, just, it's just not going to happen. All right, let me ask you about the young players. We saw a lot of young players play today. Yep. David Williams got a, a significant amount of carries. Carlos Hyde was sat down. Was it inactive today? Uh, Doug Marone said afterwards he didn't think it would be that much of a difference in um, Hyde versus Williams based on what they were seeing in practice. That's a bad sign for the trade of Carlos Hyde, or it's a great sign for David Williams, who did show a little bit today. I thought he ran the ball pretty well. You've got Nick DeLuca, the, uh, the linebacker, getting his most extensive time. Lyndon Baines Johnson, the defensive lineman, got his made his NFL debut. Taven mm-hmm. Bryan played more. Uh, it's very clear that the Jaguars right now are putting young players in there because they figure if it's if, if if there may not be that much of a difference in productivity, go with a young guy. And I've always said if you're going to stink, stink young, because having a um, having an old team that's losing, there's no future in that. Right. Uh, it's and Doug Marone didn't want to go there at all, but. This is extended training camp, extended preseason right now for a lot of these young players. It's one of two scenarios, maybe a little bit of both. One, you want to see who potentially is going to be on the roster, give them some experience to get them ready for next year. No fan wants to hear that at all. I mean, unless you're a fan that really wants to lose so we can get a better draft pick. uh, There are those out there, by the way. There are a lot of those out there, and the number's growing. So it's either you want to see these young guys, get them some work, or you're disgusted with the guys that you have mm-hmm. gone with. Maybe a Leonard Fournette. Didn't see him in the third quarter at all. Um, you're just so tired of losing with the same guys. You're tired of them, you know, whether that's um, Malik or it's Leonard. I, I don't know what the scenario is. I know that if they truly want, wanted to win, okay, in my opinion, Blake Bortles would be the quarterback. You'd see a lot of Leonard. You wouldn't see all these young guys playing. You want your best guys out there. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's tough. As a veteran, tough. as a veteran player, if you're the quarterback and they start putting in a bunch of uh, a bunch of young players, 
does that send a message to you that you don't that you don't want to be a part of? Well, I, I tell you what. Listen, Cody Kessler's uh, thrilled at the, for the opportunity to play. He doesn't care who's out there. Right yeah, now. he's going to compete. He's going to say the right things. Have the right attitude. But if if I'm Blake Bortles, if I'm a starter, the guy that's been a starter for some time, and these start young guys start coming in, I got a real problem with that. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, I'm trying to succeed. This is my livelihood. This is my profession. It's important to me. I want to win this football game. Don't give me guys that have barely seen the field that we haven't seen since training camp. That's unacceptable. So it's clear that however you look at it, whatever you think, this one, this season, is over. It's over. They're thinking about down the road, and and, uh, uh, and there's going to be a lot of changes, Cole, a lot of changes coming up. Telvin Smith said something in the postgame locker room as well that I want you to kind of try to unpack, and we'll probably play this tonight on the Sunday Sports Zone. He said... When asked if he was if he was worried about what was happening in the locker room, he said, "I'm not worried about these players. I'm not worried about what's happening in the locker room, uh, but I am worried about what's happening in the organization. Uh, that that people are getting, you know, an, uh, wow, a, a loser's attitude. In other words, organization. Right. So who is he calling out here? Uh, and is he, or is he saying it's not just the locker room? It's everything, and I don't want people to get." used to losing. I don't it sounds want pretty specific organization. So when you, as a, as, a, as a former player, when you said the word organization, what were you talking about? Organization is ownership. It's uh, personnel. It's personnel. It's, it's specifically, it's, it's Tom Coughlin, Dave Caldwell. Mm-hmm. Um, does that include Doug Marone organization? I think, I think it could. Coaching staff. It's pretty specific. I know one thing. It's one thing you don't say, Cole. Organization. Yes. Listen, the organization wasn't out on the field today. Right. You know. Um, hey, listen, we just we just talked we just talked about the approach to these these last few games, and so maybe there's some frustration by the current players. Hey, why are these young guys playing? Because that that is an organizational decision, mm-hmm. right? So there might be some frustration about. A lot of these young guys haven't getting a lot of reps. Yeah, tough to win with young guys that haven't played. They let Barry Church go this week. Yeah. So they play. Hey, look at that, Ronnie Harris jerseys. Hey, look at that. We just drove by two of them. You want to stop? <laughs> sure. All right, we're gonna stop. For, we're gonna stop for these guys. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> All right, we gotta keep going. It's not like you never see a Brunel jersey. By I've the way. only seen two today, and they've they're on this street right now. Where are we? <laughs> We're, we're almost at the station. Uh, I don't know why your cousins are here, but it's cool that well, they are. It's always nice to have family wearing your jerseys. <laughs> the, uh, uh, the the move of the young players, which I think, by the way, is the right one in the big picture. Find out what you got. Yep. See, see if, what they need to work on. Um, is hard for veteran players. And I think it may jeopardize some guys' jobs that may not be thinking it jeopardizes their jobs. Uh, I wonder if the Jaguars finished 4-12, and 12, what... Doug Marone's security is with his job. That's a tough one. Actually, I think that's the big question. Is he safe? Will he be next? Be here next year? I don't know, Cole. I'm, I know they went to the AFC Championship last game, um, but I think he's fifty-fifty. Now, maybe that decision's already been made. Maybe uh, he's safe. If he is safe, he's going to. You know, there's going to be, a, in my opinion, an entirely different coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Um, By the way, and and if you're going to play all these young players. As the head coach, if that's being told to you, wouldn't you want to know if you're if, if you're safe? Because otherwise, I mean, you're still trying to win, obviously, but boy, that really puts you in a bad spot if you're if you're being told from. And I don't know where the decision's coming from, whether it's a Tom Coughlin, Dave Caldwell decision right. or what. But if or or if it's been a, something that people have talked about. But if if I'm Doug Marone and I'm sitting here at four and nine, and this past week 
somebody comes to me and says, hey, we're, we want to play these young guys a lot more this week, you got to think, well, okay, and I, I, knowing Doug, I don't think this is something he probably asks. Right. But I'd certainly want to know that I, that I'm not being judged based on the performance of, of rookies and guys who you know, weren't expected to play much, if at all, this year. You know, here's a way to look at it, because it could be that Doug Brown has been told that he's safe. Hey, yeah. you're going to be here next year. In light of that, let's take a look at these young guys. Would make sense. That would and be. That a- makes, and that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Listen, if my job's not been, not in jeopardy, let me look at the guys who I, I want to know right now if they're going to be on my roster. So, you know, kind of chewing on that a little bit, um, he very well could be very safe. Because if he's not safe, if he needs, if he was at this position before the game started, and knew he, you know, he had an opportunity to get seven wins, well, he's going to play the best guys. And one of those best guys, listen, I think Blake Bortles gives us the best chance to win. I don't think he gives him a very good chance to win, but yeah. I think he gives him a better chance. A better to chance, a better chance to win. Yeah. So if you're fighting for your job and you need wins, you're playing the best guys. So uh, very well, he could have been told he's safe. Let's take a let's take a peek at the kids. If you were Tom Coughlin, if you were making the call. Do you stick with Doug Marone for next year? If I'm Tom Coughlin, uh, if it's my decision, I do. Uh, based on last year's AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think it's too soon to go in a different direction. Now, crazy things happen all the time. A lot of that decision happens uh, has to do with who's out there. Mike McCarthy's available. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl winning I mean, yep. quarterback, offensive-minded guy. Um now, if there's someone out there that I really like, that I really want, I've already talked to, who has you know a tremendous amount of interest, for example, like a McCarthy, and I know I can get him, then I part ways. But if I'm not sure, I'm going to stick with Doug, but I'm going to tell Doug, hey, listen, we need we need a different coaching staff, and I'm not saying everybody goes, um, but we need you know maybe we need another coordinator, maybe you know obviously we have to find an offensive coordinator. He would get to stay with parameters. You're going to stay. But this, this, this needs to change. And maybe Doug Marone's one of those guys, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if he was. Listen, I'll keep the job, but I'm going to keep this this coach, this coach, and this coach. And if not, I don't want to be a part of it. Things like that happen. You know, coaches go to bat mm-hmm. for their coaches, uh, the position coaches and coordinators, and they just draw a line in the sand. You can have me, but you've got to have this guy too. Yeah. Uh, is there anybody on that Jaguars coaching staff who you would say – has to stay as an assistant. <sighs> now that that's tough. Now I'm pretty partial to Keenan. Yeah, I've heard from multiple people that he's a very good wide receivers coach, uh, and I don't know if I can speak to the other positions. Listen, I think I think Todd Walsh is a good defensive coordinator. I think the problem on defense was the approach to this season, all the talking, uh, the arrogance, um, the things that were said. Hey, sixteen and zero. We're going to go to the Super Bowl. They were record-breaking defense, all of that stuff. Um, so um, I think Todd Wash should be fine, but obviously there needs to be a, a new offensive coordinator. And, and, again, we've said all this about the organization and the coaches, Cole. It's about the players. Yeah. you got to get. You got to make sure the players stay healthy. Maybe you approach training camp different. They worked them in training camp this year yep. different than they did. They have said they've worked the uh, team a lot harder than they did last year. In my opinion, having been through that, that that has something to do with injuries. Um, so, yeah, it, it'll be uh, it'll be very interesting. But what needs to change is there there can't be the talk, there can't be the the, the broken coverages, 
the personal fouls. I think we still lead the league in personal fouls. Mm-hmm. That's unacceptable. You lose games like that. So I think it's more about the players than anything else, regardless of whether D- Doug Marone stays or not. And who those players are still very much oh, There's going to be a lot. Question. There's going to be a different roster. There'll be a lot. Malik Jackson's going to be gone. Barry Church is already gone. Blake is probably Blake gone. Blake is going to be gone. They've got to find a way. to fig- They've got to figure out what they're doing with regards to Calais Campbell. I think they've got to find a way to keep him. Um, they're probably, you know, Dante Moncrief was on a one-year contract. I don't think he's going to be back. I can't mm-hmm. imagine that he would be. Um, they've got to find somebody else to be a, a threat in the passing game along with D.D. Westbrook. Uh, there's going to be a lot of new faces on this team next year. And, and, it's, and Telvin was right about this when he said, he said, listen, this group of guys next year won't win a single game because this group of guys won't be together next year. It's a yeah. whole different thing. Not saying, true. Not saying that the Jaguars won't win a game, but th- this is the last – the last hurrah for this group of guys uh, here the next couple of weeks. And with that top pick, they're going to pursue a quarterback. Yep. Now, is anybody out there worth a, a, a top pick, a top 10 pick? The thing is, on, on first-round quarterbacks, and this is a fact, they are 50-50. You better hit it right. You better hit it right, or you're set back another four or five years. To that end, uh, on the Mark Brunell Show on Monday night, the rest of the week, the rest of the year, rather, Mark will be breaking down uh, film on a different college quarterback prospect. This week, it'll be Dwayne Haskins of Ohio State Mm -hmm. who we started to look at. Uh, Last week, we started with Will Greer, and uh, we'll get a couple more in here before the end of the year. Thanks so much for everybody for uh, tuning in. Uh, If you are listening on the podcast, be sure to spread the word. Let everybody know that Teal the Podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify, and, of course, always on newsforjacks.com. For Mark Brunell, I'm Cole Pepper. Thanks for listening to Teal the Podcast. See ya.